What up, everybody? I want to make a quick announcement. Starting with this episode, instead of releasing them on Wednesdays, I'm going to start releasing them on Thursdays. Reason being is, when I would release them on Wednesdays, I would record them on Monday. And now these I record on Tuesday, which I found gives me like a smoother operating time because of the UFC rankings. They're out by Tuesday rather than guessing. I know the actual information right when it comes, like when it, when I'm seeing it. So instead of Wednesday's drops, I'm gonna move them to Thursdays. But in between that, I'll be releasing YouTube videos. So don't worry about it. You'll still be getting content from me weekly. Um. Remember, follow me on Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Deuces, guys. Have a great day. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian. Crazy fights this weekend. We had PFL. We had UFC. Those UFC fights were something else. Something else. Before I get too into it, can I tell you guys something? Why is everybody giving Israel Adesanya a hard time? Can you tell me that? Tell me why everybody's giving him a hard time. I don't get it. What is it that you want from the guy? You're mad because he's defending the belt? Don't tell me it was Yoel Romero Partuk because that fight wasn't. He fought a guy that he knew could knock him out, so he approached him very defensively. Is it that you want him to be Anderson Silva and like have the touch of death? Well, Israel does have that at times, but it's not consistent like Anderson's was. Because I get it. When Anderson was in his prime, he would go in there. And like mesmerize his opponents, but Israel, like they say, the athlete of tomorrow is better than the athlete of yesterday or today. Maybe the competition is just that much closer. And Israel's still able to stand out. But we need to stop giving Israel such a hard time because that was a phenomenal performance by Israel Adesanya. Okay? Like, I don't get what people want from the guy. What do you want from him? You want him to be. Knocking people out the way he knocked out Costa, that's fair, but we have to be realistic and knowing we're not going to get that all the time. But let's get into it. We're going to start with the PFL results first. Here we go. Kayla Harrison beats Caitlin Young. Salva Dusai beats Rory McDonald. Ray Cooper the third beats Brett Cooper. Magomed Magomed Kirmanov beats Giliano Taylor. Larissa Pacheco beats Ganan Fabian. Magomed Ummatov beats Jera Al-Tilwi. That was a crazy fight. Because Magomed beat him in the first round, Ray Cooper's out. Because I believe if Magomed would have won in the second round, and Ray Cooper won the way he did, he would have been in the playoffs. So Kayla Harrison beats Kaylin Young. TKO punches in the first round. So now she's... 
second place, Larissa Pacheco. She's first place because she beat both of her opponents in the first round. So she has nine points. Kayla has no. She has twelve points. Larissa does. Kayla has nine because she won by decision and won, and then she won in the first round in this one. So she has nine. Larissa has twelve. So now these two girls are the number one and number two seeds. They will fight on. I want to say August twentieth. They're gonna fight August twentieth. Yes. And the Copper Box Arena in London, England. Now, if you guys are worried, August 20th is the same day as um, Usman versus Edwards. I don't know why it took me so long to remember that. But these guys, they're probably going to fight early in the morning. So you'll be able to watch both of them with no interference whatsoever. That's pretty cool. So let's look at the card. Let's start with August 5th first. This is going to take place at the Hulu Center in New York City. Matchup. Anthony Pettis will... Will rematch Stevie Ray. I still don't know if he's going to compete because of his rib. Akhmedov will fight Cara de Zapato, Carlos Jr. Obeir Michier will fight Martinez. Wilkins will fight Monty. And that's it for... So, this is for light heavyweight and lightweight. And then the following week, so this their playoffs start August 5th. And it's going to be three, week, three, three straight weeks of events for them. And then that'll... So their playoffs will be done on August 20th. So it goes from August 5th, August 13th, and Kadrift Wells. Not Kadrift, Cardiff. Fuck. Now this guy's going to talk shit still. Oh my god. Cardiff Wales and the Cardiff Wells at Motor Point Arena. By the way, you can already get your tickets to the New York card. The tickets are already on sale. For the Cardiff Wales and the London event, you can... You can register for pre-sale, I guess. Let's see. Cardiff. So this is the August 13th. Rory McDonald, even though he lost, he's still the number one seed. He's going to fight Umulatov. Dilija will fight Fiera. And then Goltov will fight Capilosa. And then Tai will fight Leal. These are some good fights. Now, my only question is, how much is this pay-per-view in the fall going to be? Because I'm going to tell you something. It's, let me see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. The fall champions event will have six title fights, right? Six title fights. And they're each 25 minutes. So off the top of my head, that's 30, 12. That's 150 minutes of fight. If these guys, because if these guys ended early, they have to cover so much time because la last year's it was horrible because they were beating each other really fast. They have to cover X amount of time. So they have to allot for four those 25 minutes each, right? And if they end the fights early, what ends up happening is the production has to kill time. Because they have so much time allotted because of the possibility that all these six fights can go 25 minutes. So my question is, like, can PFL do something to help the production move faster in case these guys start, like, just slaughtering each other one after another? You know what I mean? That's going to be funny. That's something I do remember from last year's Champions Night. So, for me, what I'm looking for out of these playoff Fights are that Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco move on. They beat the scale. 
And we'll see what happens, you know. Because if Kayla beats this girl again, the way this girl's been looking, the only thing left for her in PFL is the money they're paying her because I honestly don't see a threat. Not even Julia Budd at this point because Julia Budd was supposed to be the next big threat. She pulled out of her fight, so she's eliminated. I mean, she could probably fight her once she becomes an exclusive pay-per-view star, which from what I've heard, there's only going to be two events out of the year that are going to be pay-per-views. But we're not going to see Kayla fight that often. But I do want to get, I'm going to try to get more information on how these pay-per-view events are going to work. So we're going to try and see if we can figure some stuff out. Let's move on. So we're going to move on to the UFC 276 results. Israel Adesanya defeats Jared Cannonier 49-46, 49-46, and 50-45. Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Max Holloway 50-45 times 3. Alex Pereira defeats Sean Strickland KO. Brian Barberina beats Robbie Lawler TKO punches. Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley ends in an accidental eye poke. Jalen Turner beats Brad Rydell submission guillotine. Jim Miller beats Donald Cerrone submission guillotine. Ian Gary defeats Gabriel Green by unanimous decision, 30-27 times 3. Decrease Duplices beats Brad Tavares, 29-28 times 3. Andre Muniz beats Uriah Hall, 30-27 times 3. Macy Barber beats Jessica I, 29-28, 29-28, and 30-27. Jujuela Tolarenenko Beats Jessica Rose Clark submission armbar. These fights were amazing. First of all, I want to say Donald Cerrone, thank you. I mean, I've been watching that guy since the WEC. I want to say the first fight I saw, and it, it wasn't even happening live because the way that worked, I had verses back in the day, so I would get home from school and they, they would always have it re- on reruns. The first fight I saw was his first fight with Benson Henderson. Where, like, he was getting beat up, and then he came back, but then he eventually got choked out. And then they rematched on the only WEC pay-per-view, which ended up being Uriah Faber versus Jose Aldo. And then he got, like, submitted, like, in the first couple minutes of the fight. But that's not the point here. Then he went to the UFC, he went on a tear. Like, Donald was the man, dude. I really like that guy. It's gonna be sad that he's not fighting anymore, but... Says he's going to go be a movie star. So good luck, Donald. You always got a fan in me since the WEC. Can't wait to see what he does next. He's in the Amazon Prime series with, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays Star-Lord. So he's going to haunt me, so I'm going to go check. What's that guy's name? Then I thought it was called The Terminal, the Amazon series. I don't see him on here. Anyway, he came out in the movie with, Gina Carano, is it called The Commando? No, it's not. Gina's called, it's called Terror on the Prairie. They were gonna, I guess they were gonna release it this year, but it got pushed to summer of 2022. So he's also coming out in that with Gina Carano, where she was the producer. So yeah, that should be good. So Donald, you're the man. Um, I wish you nothing but the best and on your future endeavors. Ian Geary, look out for this guy, man. 
He's not Conor McGregor. He can be something different for Ireland, you know. Andre Muniz, I like that guy. Keep an eye out for that guy. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the top five very soon. Now on to the main card. Oh no, Jalen Turner. So with this win, Jalen Turner is now officially in the rankings. I believe he's number 13 or something like that. Let me see. He's 14. You know who he should fight and people are going to get mad at me. I want to see him fight Armin Sarukian. The reason is because it's a good fight. Okay, it's a good fight. Because Armin, I believe, is better than what his ranking is showing. So is my, my, my Touche Gamera. So is Gamera. Their rankings are better than what they're showing. But okay, they're at that ranking. And I think Jalen's also one of those guys. I'm pretty sure that guy could fight a top 10 guy right now. That guy could fight Conor McGregor and probably give Conor McGregor a good fight. You know what I mean? So, that's why I want to see Jalen Turner fight next. I want to see him fight Armin Sarukian. That guy's the man. Now, on to the main card. Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Sean was dominating the fight and then accidentally pokes Pedro in the eye. And then there was this um, narrative going around that Pedro wanted out because he was losing on the fight. I guarantee you Pedro Munoz did not want out of that fight. If he's saying he couldn't see, it's because he couldn't see. Like, it's easy for people to go online and say, oh, well, he won another fight because Sean was kicking his ass. Go fight Pedro. Tell me tell me if he would want out. I guarantee you Pedro did not want out. Because it was later revealed that Pedro had a stretch cornea. Okay. So this narrative of Pedro wanting out, I don't buy it. Don't buy it whatsoever. What's next for Sean? Yes, me, I would have him rematch Pedro. But people are saying, for what if Sean was beating him up? So, let's see. So, Sean is still number 13. You want him to fight up? Don't fight Frankie Edgar or Ricky Simone. Song Yadong is going to fight Corey Sanhagen. Pedro Munoz, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. If they can't rematch, have him fight Rob Font because Jose Aldo is going to fight Marab Dishwashers Wheelie. And Dominic Cruz is going to fight. Uh, Marlon Vera. So you want Sean O'Malley to fight up, have him fight Rob Font. That's what I would do if you guys want him to fight up. Because I don't know if they'll rematch him with Pedro. Because the only reason it became a no contest, because I do agree that Sean was winning the fight. The only reason it became a no contest is because it happened in the second round. If that would have happened in the third round, they would have went to the sport cards and probably would have gave Sean the win. But yeah, this narrative of Pedro wanted out, stop that right now. Stop that right now, please. Ryan Barbarina defeats Robbie Lawler. Crazy fight. I thought Robbie was winning, and then Brian Barbarina came back with it, and he knocked him out. Congrats to Brian Barbarina. I doubt that's going to rank him, but I would want to see him fight Nick Diaz. We'll get Brian Barbarina versus Nick Diaz. We're probably not going to get it because Nick's going to go, like, who's that guy? I beat that guy. And then people be like, oh, it's a good fight because Robbie beat Nick. But I'm like, come on. I'm not going to let go of the fact that Nick lost that fight because he was out of shape. And, like, this sounds like a dig towards Robbie, but it's really not. But, yeah, Brian Barbarina versus Robbie Law. That was a good fight. I don't know if Robbie would retire or if he keeps fighting. I don't know. It's like, just keep winning, I guess. Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. Okay. Okay. You ready? We all know this fight was set up because Israel was the main event. You can run with the narrative. Oh, yeah, this guy's beating Israel twice in kickboxing. 
going into this fight, I've seen, unlike a lot of people that work in the media, I've seen the two kickboxing fight. I've seen them. They are a lot closer than what you think. Like, yes, Israel lost. The first one he lost was a decision, but it was a competitive fight. The second one, he lost by KO, but because he got caught. He had Alex on skates. He had Alex on skates, okay? But he did get caught. Now, there's something very interesting that they both said at the press fight, at the pre-fight press conference. They both said, Israel goes, this is a different sport. We're not playing with pillow gloves. And then Alex goes like, well, what you're saying is true. You're, you're proving my point. I knocked you out with pillow gloves. What do you think I'm going to do to you with these type of gloves? And this guy has what you all want. He has the quote-unquote touch of death, okay? Because if he lands on Israel Adesanya, he will put him out. At first, I was kind of mad. I'm like, oh, they're only doing this fight because he's being Israel twice and they just want to promote that. But this guy can beat Israel Adesanya in the UFC because they both fight the same way. I just think Alex has a little more power. And he has fought in kickboxing matches more recently than what Israel has. There aren't going to be no takedowns when these two guys fight. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the betting lines give it to Alex a little more. Because of his touch, quote unquote touch of death. Like This guy's good man. It's going to be a good defensive fight. But man, he's number 6 now. So I imagine he's getting the title shot. Because we're going to get more into Israel later. But let's just look at it really fast. So, officially, Alex Pereira is number six. Paulo Costa is number five. Derek Brunson's number four. Marvin Vittori and Jerry Kennedy are, are tied for number two. That's weird. But if Marvin beats Robert, he's probably going to end up being number one. Jared Kennedy is number two. And Robert Whitaker's number one. Israel Adesanya has been one, two, three, four, one. Two, three, four, five. He's been numbers one through four, five. And number six is number six is Alex Pereira. He's next. He's next. He's, there, there's not going to be any takedowns in this fight. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that there will not be takedowns in this fight. And if there is, they're going to come from Israel. That's going to be funny to watch. Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Max Holloway 50-45 times three. Man, that's it. It's over. There's no debate anymore. This guy's the best featherweight ever. He made it look easy. And it's not that Max was having a bad fight. It's just that Alex was that good. Like, is Alex above Israel in the pound-for-pound rankings at this point? He should be, in my humble opinion. He is. Oh, my God, he is. But he's been that then because there, there's no movement here, I thought. He hadn't been. So, he is. Man, so if Leon comes in and knocks out and beats Kamar Usman on August 20th, he'll be number one. But, like, Alex is in a very unique position, right? Because if he, if what they're saying is true and he goes up and fights for lightweight, I think he can fight both weight classes and keep them both active. And if he does that, I'll consider him the greatest fighter of all time. Because, yes, Amanda's done it, but let's be honest. Featherweight for the women are, isn't very active. Featherweight for the men is. Um, 
Up until recently, Bantamway wasn't very active because she had beaten everybody. And he's going to arguably do it in two of the hardest divisions, which are featherweight and lightweight. And I guarantee you this guy can, he can, he can stay active in both. He said that he wants to defend both belts. He does that for a year. I consider him the GOAT. Okay, like, Alex Wolkanowski is on the cusp of probably being the pound-for-pound GOAT of MMA for a while. Because he's actually one of the few people that I believe will keep the divisions active. I mean, look how many times he's fought this year. How many times has he fought this this year alone? Let me see. He's fought twice this year in a span of one, two, three. In a span of three months, he fought twice. He could probably fight again in October. And that's another thing, right? He says he wants to go back to Australia to defend the belt. Give it to him, bro. Let's see. What's his UFC record? He's one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. This guy's twelve and zero in the UFC, and and let me see when he won the belt. He won the belt in twenty nineteen. Okay, where were we? In December of the UFC two forty five. So okay, so one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven. He was seven and zero going into the first Mac Holloway fight. So he became eight and zero when he beat him. So then now it's one, two, three, four, five, and he's five and zero as a champion. And these aren't close fights. Well, the the second Mac Holloway fight was, but he even has something to say on that, right? Like they. They were on Fight Island. They woke him up super early, like four hours before he was supposed to be waking up to take a, a, a drug test. And then he couldn't go back to sleep. They took some medicine and that he was off on that fight. And like, I believe him because look at what he did in this fight. Look at what he did in this fight. Like, he, like he's not the first fighter to say that the, those conditionings on Fight Island aren't the best. Dominic Reyes said it. But we all know Paulo Costa's situation with the leg cramps and the wine. So, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise, I'll say that much. So, what's next for Alex? Lightweight belt. It doesn't matter. It depends. Like, let's say he wants to fight again this year. If he wants to fight again this year, because this is what I'm hearing. I don't have concrete evidence that this is what's going to happen. But the UFC are trying to do one of two things. They're either going to make Israel, I mean not Israel, Islam versus Oliveira in Abu Dhabi on October 22nd, or this is what else I heard, is that they're trying to go to Brazil at the end of the year, so, because I know at the end of the year they'll usually go Madison Square Garden and then a fight in Vegas, and that's how they close out the year, I don't know if this year they're trying something different, because let's say they go back to Australia in October, fight Josh Emmett. Like, let's say they do a fight at the beginning of October before the Abu Dhabi card. Let's just say, for this scenario, they do Alex fight in Australia. Let's just say you get Alex to headline it or you get Israel to headline it. I would get Alex because um, Israel doesn't really like it. Like, it's not that he doesn't like it, but he doesn't like the government. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But let's get Alex to headline it. And then, let's say he fights Josh Emmett, he wins. You get Islam versus Charles a couple weeks later in Abu Dhabi. And then, 
let's say Charles wins that fight, and then in December, Alex goes to Brazil, and they fight there. Can you imagine Alex Volkanovski walking out as the lightweight champion in Brazil? I'm telling you, GOAT status, bro. GOAT status. GOAT status. And then you had Israel Arsanya defeat Jared Cannonier 49-46, 49-46, and then 50-45. Great performance by Israel. What's next for him, I explained it earlier, is Alex Pereira. Or Piqueta. However you want to say it. I don't know, man. But I can appreciate what Israel's doing. So, um, it came out earlier today that Patricky Pitbull will no longer be defending his belt against Sydney Outlaw. That there's an article that here that says Bellator 283 is without a championship headliner after the removal of Patricky Pitbull versus Sydney Outlaw. Pitbull was pulled from the July 22nd card after suffering an undisclosed injury. Bellator confirmed the injury and announced changes to the card on Tuesday. Douglas Lima versus Jason Jackson will be elevated from a three-round co-headliner to a five-round main event. Outlaw will fight former Ryzen champion Tofik Musaziv Musaziv as a lay replacement. Pitbull should be cleared to train in two weeks if treatment goes well according to MMA fighting. Pitbull won the vacant lightweight championship on November 5th and avenged his loss to Peter Quilly. Patricio Pitbull's brother, Patricky's Patricio Pitbull, Patricky's brother, vacated the belt so that Patricky could compete for the title. I got a little tongue-tied there. Outlaw is the number one ranked Bellator lightweight contender. He defeated Miles Jury, Adam Picolati, and Roger Huerta. Picolati and Roger Huerta. His lone loss in the promotion came against three-time lightweight champion Michael Chandler. We're going to talk about Michael Chandler later. Bellator 283 takes place inside Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma, Washington on July 22nd. And that sucks. Patricky Pitbull got himself hurt. Good on Sydney, Like he's taking a hard fight where he could potentially lose his status, but he didn't care. Because a lot of people wouldn't have done what Sydney's going to do. Okay, last thing. Well, I got two more. Oh, no, no, no. We have to talk about the fights this weekend. Sorry. Rafael Dos Anjos will take on Rafael Fazeev. Said Nurmagomedov returns to fight Douglas Silva del Andre. Michael Johnson's coming back. Cynthia Calvillo's coming back against Nina Nunes. Jamie Pickett. It's a good card. So this Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fazeev fight was supposed to happen back in March, right? But then I believe Rafael Fazib got COVID and Rafael Dos Anjos found out on the air. Like he already knew something was up because these guys have to know because the managers are in constant contact with each other. And of course the managers are going to tell their clients what's, what's going on. So if their clients go somewhere else and say something about it, that's on them. But so Dos Anjos found out on air, on a real show that he wasn't going to be fighting Fazeev, that's when he fought, um, what's that guy's name? I forgot his name. When I see it, I'll remember it, but, and not so Moicano, five rounds, that fight should have never been five rounds, honestly. But now they're gonna rematch, and it's gonna be five rounds. This is a crazy fight right here, man. I believe Fazeev is number 10, yep, and Dos Anjos is number 7. Crazy fight, I can't wait for this one. 
But yeah, man, what other good fights are happening this weekend? The Albalojo will fight Armin Petrosian. Taino Magomedov's fighting. I like that guy a lot. Jared Vandero is fighting Chase Sherman. Jeremy Pickett's fighting Dennis Tutiolin. Michael Johnson is fighting Jeremy Malarkey. Cynthia Calvillo is fighting Nina Nunez. Man, crazy fight. And, like, it's hard, right? Because a lot of times these fight nights after these big events, like, they go under the radar because people just call it a crazy event. This is a good fight card right here. For the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to say two things. Um, That reporter Nate Diaz slapped. I don't know if he works for the Nug Boys or he worked for himself. But what I will say is, I don't know what kind of stuff that dude was saying about one of Nick's training partners. People are saying it's Nick's Maxima that that reporter keeps talking smack about. So Nate saw him and like Nate was smart. Nate didn't slap him. He slapped his hat. He slapped his hat. So that guy potentially can't sue him because he, he smacked the microphone away. But then like nobody reacted. So like I'm with a bunch of people online saying that it was staged. And then the, the the guy's funny because he goes, yeah, see, look, there's a, hold on. Let me make sure that there's, no, I don't want to know the secret because I don't want to get too, let me see. Okay, so apparently he does work for the Nug Boys. So this guy used to work for himself and then he somehow got in touch with the Nug Boys. And, you know, the Nug Boys are known for being a com- comedic value sort of media group you know Nate and them aren't with that his name is OG Johnny Mac so I guess this guy did an interview with Nate oh look 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 oh, okay cause he so Nate did an interview with I believe it was TMZ and he goes the TMZ reporter tells him where are they trying to get you to fight Hamza Chimayo and then Nate goes I'm not going to fight no new guy. He should fight my boy right here, Nick Maxima. And, like, they pan the camera to Nick, not his brother Nick Diaz, his Maximov guy. And, like, he has this face, and this guy put, this guy writes, watch Nick D- Nate Diaz throw his teammate into a scrap with Hamza Chimaya. So, you know, they're not about that. I believe the guy didn't mean anything bad by it, but. I don't know, man. You just got to watch who you cross, you know? But last thing. Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier almost got into a fight at UFC 276. This is definitely going to lead to them fighting because Mike Chandler was saying, yeah, I don't want to fight Dustin. This is definitely going to lead to them fighting now. Guarantee you, December. They're going to fight in December or at MSG in Madison Square Garden because you know they like to beef that card up. But that's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me on Punching the Mouth Official on Instagram and Official underscore PITM on Twitter. It always takes me forever to remember that one. Sorry. Deuces, guys.